0: Welcome to In the Queue. I'm your co-host Andrew, and I know the
1: geography of New York City better than Tim Story does. And I'm Phil, and I just got to say, where's Judd Hirsch when you need him?
0: <laughs> uh, welcome again, you know, to In the Queue. This is our um, movie podcast, and we promised you, yes, last episode and then several episodes before. That we would have a surprise in our 50th episode, and we have reached that episode, and we have that big surprise for you, and that is our first guest on In The queue. That guest is my friend Monty. He's right here. Say hi, Monty. Hello, listeners. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Uh, Monty's here because he is uh, one of the most prolific requesters yes on our podcast he's requested more movies i think than than anybody else mm-hmm. with the possible exception of uh, our friend aaron uh, and christy maybe they've all requested a lot well they're going down yeah, i think
1: i think monty <laughs> monty's going to take him <laughs> monty's down. monty's already bested them all with his and he and he was first to do it too that's true yeah.
0: that's very so true he, he
1: gave us these recommendations back in april yeah.
0: yeah he did yeah and we watched three of we got a list of six recommendations from Monty, three of which we watched kind of right off the bat. And then we were like, whoa, we got to get to some other people's suggestions. Right. And we kind of abandoned the list for a little while. And then we came back to it and we've done the last three in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monty, can you tell us a little bit about the, or the genesis of this list?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, so I'd been a listener for a while and I was in England on business. And one weekend I decided to drive to this island called Isla up in Scotland, which is 14 hours from London. And every time I would plug my phone into the rental car, it would start playing podcasts. Mm, and wow. so I wound up listening to your entire back catalog on the Ooh. drive across Scotland. Oh, wow. And it was on the Transcendence one when you guys just went completely off on how
1: ridiculous
2: <laughs> that movie was <laughs> that it occurred to me that I know what these guys would like. Uh, so uh, if for those who don't know, England has, let's call it four TV stations. Um, right, right. And... Uh, one of them is their movie channel called, uh, you know, BBC four. And I guess they don't get a lot of money or they don't have any taste (laughs) or no one watches television there because they were playing the same six movies on a loop for the entire month that I was there. Wow. And among them were some real gems that you guys have talked about. And I thought, I loved listening to you guys talk about terrible movies. <laughs> I'm being subjected to terrible movies. So come join my horror Perfect, that's great. this with me. Perfect combination. And we've,
0: and I, for one, have thoroughly enjoyed watching all of these, despite the fact that I've torn into a number of them uh, in, in our, our podcast. So we're going to do a real quick recap of those movies uh, and get your opinions really quickly, see if they jibed with ours. And, uh, and then we'll move on to the, the movie of the day, which is Taxi. Uh, a
1: film with Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. Right, so these these six movies that Monty requested were uh, in no sort of, not in chronological order, but they were Bad Teacher, Taxi, Goon, Layer Cake, Your Highness, and Saving Private Ryan, perhaps the <laughs> one that sticks out the most. Uh, but yeah, we watched them all. Some of them we liked, and we definitely had interesting discussions about all of them, I would say. Well, let's let's go straight down that list. What's what's the first one in that bad list? teacher, which I think neither one of us had any redeeming value. Oh, in. We, we hated it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I, I'm not sure there's anything good to talk about in that movie. Cameron no. Diaz doesn't even look really hot in it. So yeah.
0: So there's yeah, we don't even have that, have that to redeem the film itself. Look, yeah.
1: Actually, I remember something that I did like was uh, Lucy Punch, her supporting role. As you of, liked
0: Lucy Punch very much. I like Jason Segel mm-hmm. very much. Right. But those were the only things that I think either of us liked about that film. But either
1: one of those people was not enough to sort of support the miserable crap fest that that movie was. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Lucy. True. Sorry, Jason.
0: Yeah, sorry, guys. Right. What's the next one? The well, list? the next
1: one on the list is Taxi, which we're going to be reviewing today. Do you want me to skip over that oh, one? Yeah. And then,
0: yeah, we'll skip over okay. that one.
1: And then the, the one that we did actually uh, last time for the request was Goon. Uh the Good, hockey movie. Yeah. What did you think about you know, Goon? You
2: know, I completely agree with you guys in Goon. The and and I hadn't thought about it. I remember thinking, oh, this is a nice movie and pretty nice for what's on BBC four given what else I was watching. Yeah. But the, he really doesn't grow. Nothing really happens. Mm. It's just kind of you know, I like have Schreiber, and I think that was enough to...
0: That's to, Yeah, that's that's you know. sort of exactly how I felt about it. I, I like him a lot. Yeah.
2: You know, what helped, though, was that I watched that while I was actually on Isla, which is this tiny island that produces scotch and sheep. And <laughs> at 10 o'clock, you could go outside and there was no light to be seen. There was no sound to be heard. I was in this little romantic bed and breakfast all by myself on the way to a scotch distillery. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And so I think all of that... Made me go, okay,
1: stiffler, you can be a hockey player. <laughs> right, will blame, blame it on the scotch and the sheep. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, one thing about Lee Schreiber I wanted to bring up is that he, not only was he one of the shining spots of Goon, but also a movie we reviewed uh, a few weeks back uh, called Fading Gigolo.
0: Fading Gigolo. He was my favorite part about that movie. Yes,
1: and he was an excellent component of that film. So uh, Lee Schreiber, he gets our props.
0: He's he's doing well. He's he's sort of killing the supporting roles. Actually, I've been really dying to watch uh, Ray Donovan that show on Showtime. It's not bad, but he stars in. I I, I feel like uh, it's a good role for him. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's it, it's a lot like his role in um, what is it, Some of All Fears. Oh where yeah, he's yeah. the guy sort of sneaking around doing stuff. Um, another role where he gets ten
1: minutes of screen time and kills it. Right, mm. cool. right. He's good at that. Great. What's next? The next one is Layer Cake, one of our more recent podcasts, and yeah. uh. I think we we liked it more than than other films. I mean, I liked it more we, bad teacher. <laughs> it's no, yeah, it was better than bad teacher. Let's put it that way. Uh, I I liked the the stylishness of it, and I thought that it was an it was an interesting movie. Uh, in some ways, I feel like it was a little bit aping some of Martin Scorsese's techniques a little bit too much, in kind of a bizarre way too, like using "Gimme Shelter" for some kind of like uh, sex scene, scene that never happened. Yeah. And it just seemed totally out of place. But uh, I, 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 I remember I, yeah, I, you said you were saying that like you, you had trouble following along with the twisty plot.
0: I, yeah, the plot was a little convoluted, but more than that, I felt like it was stylistically inconsistent mm-hmm. and that bothered me probably more than anything else. I felt like it, like those, those sort of stylish moments sort of came out of nowhere and then disappeared. And then you'd go back to this really kind of, Realistically presented, bland kind of movie, and Mm -hmm. and that kind of bothered me a lot. But I did like Daniel Craig, I did like uh, some of the intrigue in the movie, but uh, ultimately it didn't really work for me. Yeah, I think my
2: problem was um, uh, well, it's several fold, right? I mean, as an American, any British crime film is going to be compared to Snatch, and this was no Snatch, (laughs) right? um, Right, or, or Lockstock, or any of those, and um. You know, Daniel Craig is a dreamboat, and so seeing him as this sort of scumbaggy guy running around, and then he pulls that gun in the guy's backyard, and my, my brain just goes da da
1: da 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 <laughs> yeah, and, a, and you go, ah, get out of this movie, Daniel Craig, this is dumb. Well, he would do that, <laughs> and fair. jump right into James Bond, because Casino Royale, I think was his next film after, uh, yeah, I think it was right after this, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then the, uh, the last two, uh, Your Highness, which is a huge misstep from David Gordon Green, Who's a talented director who's really done a lot of really great dramatic work, and he's really good at bringing performances and, out and of even actors. Even a really
0: good, yeah, 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 absolutely great at bringing performances out of actors, uh, and and even did a great comedy in in Pineapple Express, I think. Not maybe not uh, like a transcendently great comedy, <laughs> but a, a a very good, very well done comedy. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Your Highness did not work for me at all. You know, um, I think one of my two big sort of,
2: um, uh, shames as a, you know, sort of adolescent young adult, <laughs> whatever the hell I am, yeah, yeah. uh, in addition to not watching, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is, oh. uh, I'm not a huge Danny McBride Eastbound and down fan. Oh. I think he's got kind of one speed and, like, I thought he was,
0: That's yes. His speed. Yeah. Oh, you know, but I, but it's so perfect for that role though. In but Eastbound it's, and Down," I think my
2: problem is that as a guy who, Generally doesn't have much of a filter. Watching a guy who doesn't have a filter and is also an asshole is sort of like, <laughs> uh, what's on the DIY network? I got um, it. Yeah. So uh, I loved him in uh, in This Is the End. I thought he was he was perfect there. But yeah, yeah. a whole two hours of him, you spend most of your time going, when's Natalie Portman coming back?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. And plus, yeah, in, fair enough. Uh, apart from his his usual roles in Your Highness, while he is kind of like a neer do well. You know, inferior brother of the heroic James Franco, but like he's supposed, uh, Danny McWright is supposed to be heroic. He's supposed to be, exhibit some kind of virtue. And he's so good at playing those sarcastic, you know, anti heroes that when he, when he, when it comes time for him to be the good guy who, who, you know, saves the princess and all that, it's just, it's, he's not the kind of guy you want to see in that role. Yeah.
2: Uh, And I, I would argue that he didn't do anything differently in the role.
0: No. I think it was clearly a movie where it was just that group of friends yeah. just dicking around, Like somebody fun. gave them some money. Yeah, somebody gave them money. They were like, you want to make a stoner comedy in the Middle Ages? All right, great. Let's do yeah, it. I, let's go in those woods over there. Actually, yeah.
1: I actually saw David Gordon Green do an interview regarding Your Highness, and the, the person was asking what he thought of the film. And he was like, oh, man, we got away with so much in this movie. You're not, not going to believe it. And like, he totally came off as the kind oh. of guy who is just kind of like making a movie with his buds – uh yeah perhaps to enjoy certain substances while they watch it or <laughs> act in it anyway so Indeed. the last movie that monty suggested thus far is which was the first one that we did right and it was saving private ryan and um, and
0: yeah i i've i've made my opinions clear on it where i think that the the battle sequences are among the greatest things ever put to film yeah and everything in between
1: is just garbage, and I think that's the exact language that I used in our podcast. You use the term "garbage" often, actually, to uh, describe some films that you don't like. I I, <laughs> I agree that the the battle scenes are totally amazing and and really earned Spielberg best director in 1998 more than anyone else. I mean that was yeah. that was the year that. Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture. I wouldn't give John Madden the Best Director Oscar for that yeah. film. But but Spielberg, he, was, he did a tremendous technical job. There is a lot of kind of schmaltzy stuff throughout Saving Private Ryan that I don't particularly like, but some of it I don't mind. And that's because it comes as like a respite from the absolutely, you know, bone-shaking battle scenes, which are incredibly traumatic. And I felt like with Spielberg, I was in good hands to sort of Bring me down a little bit and make me sort of, you know, more comfortable again. But, but, right, I, right, right. but Saving Private Ryan is definitely not one of my favorite Spielberg films, but I do feel the need to defend it a little bit against Andrew's garbage <laughs> remarks.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan, um, but I don't think anything you're saying is wrong. You know, a lot of the stuff in between does come off as, you know, sort of like 1940s. Um, you know, this is the way we make a war movie. The I guess part of the problem, too, is that you've got actors who are in their 30s playing guys who would have been 17. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for for guys who are going through that sort of thing and don't have much life to go on, like they're 17 uh, year old soldier is a pretty shallow critter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is a kid who's been removed from everything he knows. He's his, you know, his. Growth um, has been stunted by this war that he's that he's off in, and now, you know, he, it, you've basically got children, so they're going to have these childlike um, conversations. The the only one that really bothered me though was is is Oppen, right? Who's clearly right Spielberg trying to reconcile himself against his view of his father as this World War II hero, and you know, <laughs> just is just too much, right? Like you, you know, you could have gone a lot of different ways with that character, and he's just too too over the top mm. for me. Yeah.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, so that's that's the list. Uh, we thank you very much for that, and we're looking forward to more suggestions in the future.
1: Oh, well, I got to take down um, Christy and Aaron. So <laughs> yeah, you got to. Yeah.
2: They're coming. Be You're, prepared for a, the Barbarian Brothers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get them in your crosshairs and take them down. Cannot Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Flash yeah. Gordon.
0: But, oh, <laughs> love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, but today we're here to talk about the movie Taxi, uh, as I said, it stars Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah, and I can't even finish talking about it because it's it's such a miserably terrible movie. But we'll get to that. Uh, it's directed by Tim Story, who has directed a lot of these kind of uh, really generic comedies mm-hmm. uh, over the over several years, and uh, and it is a film about Jimmy Fallon's character, whose name I can't even recall at the moment. Um, And he... Well, I should say first, uh, Queen Latifah's character,
1: whose name I can't recall either. (laughs) I can tell this movie had a big impression Uh, on you, Andrew.
0: Oh, yeah. It was a huge, huge deal for me. You know, it's also should be Um, noted that this is based on a a screenplay by Luc Besson. It was also co-produced by Luc Besson, which was a super weird thing for me to see in the credits um bell is the name of the character that uh, queen latifah right plays in the movie and the movie starts with her uh pulling all these ridiculous crazy stunts off on a, a bicycle she's a messenger in new york city and it's her last day and she has saved up enough money to get her taxi license and she's really excited about it and she's got a boyfriend back home who uh, is constantly being neglected because she's always got these other things going on, but she's working really hard towards her dream of being a taxi driver in the city. Uh, and simultaneously, Jimmy Fallon, Andy Washburn, that's the name. I should have remembered his name. It's my name too. Mm. Um, not the Washburn part. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, He is, uh, as they say in the film, a great cop, but a terrible driver. And he uh, he, his license is suspended for driving backwards through a bodega after trying to pull off an undercover operation where he pretends to be Cuban and fails miserably at that. And in the absence of uh, a license, he can't drive. So he ends up, uh, you know, as fate would have it, uh, grabbing Queen Latifah's taxi and taking it to the scene of a bank robbery where Giselle William or Giselle Bunshin. Giselle Bunchen. Bunchen. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> How dare I? Uh, Giselle Bunchin and her uh, group of Brazilian uh, supermodels uh, are uh, basically robbing a bank and they're robbing a series of banks. There's a whole stupid side plot about them having to like figure out who's robbing, when they're robbing the banks and all that kind of stuff. But basically get, they get thrown together together because of the circumstances, he grabs her taxi to go to this heist. Then they chase the bank robbers. Then her car gets impounded. Then they're inextricably drawn together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he figures out a plan. He's like, if you want your taxi back, you're going to have to help me catch these bank robbers. And then the rest of the movie
1: happens, and who cares what happens? Because it's dumb. Uh, yeah, let's, we better stop there because we don't want to spoil it for anybody.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, this is this movie is full of twists and turns <laughs> that uh, – No one could see coming.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so this is one of those unlikely friendship movies that always gets made all the time in Hollywood. and Maybe
0: a buddy buddy cop movie? Yeah, Did you call this a buddy
1: cop movie? Well, that too. Yeah, a buddy
2: cop taxi driver. I mean, that's the that's probably how this was sold. They said, "Look, it's lethal weapon meets taxi driver." Yeah, lethal yeah, weapon. say like probably exactly. Lethal weapon,
1: forty eight hours, gridlocked, bulletproof. You know, it's the same kind of formula where yeah. they take you know, rush hour. They they have mixed races, you know, thrown together, and they have to live with one another, and they have to achieve some kind of goal together. And in this case, I mean, obviously Queen Latif is a woman, which might have been like the reason the film managed to get made because that was something different. Um,
0: well, and this was also at a particular point in time where Jimmy Fallon had left SNL and this was, I think, supposed to be his big starring vehicle. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, I know, good pun, right? Um, no, I think this was supposed to be a big thing for him.
1: Yeah, uh, he should
0: have read the script first. Yeah, well, he should have done any number of things first. But he's turned out all right. He's done okay. Right. But he couldn't have been worse in this film. If, if we want to talk about performances really quickly, and I do, I think Jimmy Fallon was awful in this, just absolutely awful. And for her part, I think Queen Latifah did an okay job being Queen Latifah, because I think that's sort of the only role that she plays. But,
1: uh... Well, also, she, man. she managed to sort of play the straight man, in a way, in this movie, because she, yeah, she yeah. was the one who was acting... Like a a normal person or, or or a sane person, when compared to Jimmy Fallon, who there's no possible way he could have ever become a policeman based on the way that he acts. Um,
0: oh yeah, yeah, not a chance. But I
1: yeah, and the fact that
0: they called him a great policeman. Jennifer Esposito is the lieutenant, uh in in the the police precinct, whatever, and she says literally, I think word for word, the line: "You're a great cop, but a terrible driver." Yeah. But he never shows any evidence of being even a halfway competent cop, much less a great cop. <laughs> like there's nothing like when they do this undercover sting and he pretends to be a Cuban, it it, it would not pa- I I mean the big joke is that it's really terrible, but it's really, really terrible. Yeah. It's he's not a great cop. Even if something is think.
1: supposed to be terrible in a movie, it has to be good in a way, sort of to make us you know what I mean? Like there's something yeah. If yeah. I, if if a person is playing unfunny, they have to be funny while doing it. Yeah. But um what did you think, Monty? You know,
2: um I, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, you know, and it it the the scene with Jennifer Esposito doesn't have that. You know, you really want that like in the office and it's like turn in your badge and you're gone. You're the, you know, you're a loose cannon on the street. But he's you never get any of that. And Queen Latifah, I mean for her part this isn't the queen lativa that we all know and love from bringing down the house <laughs> a living single uh i mean she's Literally. just she's just not bringing it the way she could and yeah she um, certainly
0: doesn't chew the scenery in it like she doesn't really like lean into this role it's it almost seems like she's kind of phoning it in at times
2: i definitely definitely yeah. but i mean at least we get a fair bit of giselle in this movie which is <laughs> uh, you know worth fast-forwarding it on Netflix for, I'd say. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. um, but yeah, I yeah. just, I think it's interesting, uh, a couple of interesting points, right? When you look this movie up on IMDb, it recommends maybe you might also like Hollywood Homicide and Rush Hour 3 and National <laughs> Security, the movie that gave us Martin Lawrence saying Tango El Gato Los Pantalones and everybody going, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, this this movie was just absolutely terrible it and was... Uh, was was the low point of my trip to England? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love to hear that. But you know what?
2: It. What else is interesting though is that you know Fallon's the king of late night now, or one of yeah. them, right? And Jay Leno had that movie with Mr. Miyagi oh, back yeah. in the '80s, where he's uh, running around. What was the on name of that loads. movie? It was.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm at a loss. What are you talking about? I'll, re- I'll remember. There, there was a buddy cop movie with Pat Morita. Collision course. Collision course. Oh. Pat Morita and Jay Leno were in a, a buddy cop movie in the '80s together that was just god-awful terrible but it was before jay leno was a late night
1: host he
2: was a he was a fill-in for carson then right yeah he was he
1: was 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 just a he he was a stand-up comedian he's a working comedian so that's how that's how these shitty movies get made is because working (laughs) comedians who can't get work get put in them just as what happened to jimmy fallon who i think is a funny a funny guy but but in taxi it's just like he remi- it all feels forced. He reminded me of the kind of movie, like some of Woody Allen's early movies, not to say that he was as funny as Woody Allen, but to say that in some of Woody Allen's early movies, there was intentionally uh, like no realistic depiction of the story. Like It was just right, right. nonsense. And that those movies, the airplane movies, the naked gun movies, I loved when I was a kid. I'm sure I would have loved Taxi if I was a kid. I would have, But this watched, doesn't, this I don't doesn't think go that so. far. I don't
0: think so. No, no, it
1: doesn't go as far as like Airplane does. But it's the kind of like, okay, very broad comedy, I would say. that, that Except, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to a kid if Jimmy found isn't acting like a policeman.
0: But I would say that this is actually more, uh, this is safer than those movies. Those movies actually take comedic risks and are really quite exuberant. Like there's a lot of life in those movies because they're like those those people are clearly having a good time mm-hmm. making the movie. I watched this movie and I don't get the impression that anybody making this movie was having any fun at all. I think Giselle was having fun. <laughs> she, she looked
2: very happy to be there. Oh
0: yeah. yeah, Well, she I'm sure she was happy. She thought she was probably going to be a movie star. Like, what do I base. do
2: now? We'll just stand around, sweetheart. Oh, very <laughs> good. It's
0: very good. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I. I don't know. I, I like Those movies that you mentioned, I can still watch those movies and I still think they're hilarious. I can watch The, na- the Naked Gun for the rest of my life and never think it's not funny.
1: Right. Um, whereas I can't watch this even one time and think it's funny. But I'm just saying, a childlike mentality would lend itself to appreciating this film. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, I think
2: you're onto something there because didn't Luke Besson write all of his movies between the ages of
1: 7 and 11? Well, according to his bio <laughs> it was actually like, yeah. on IMDb, like, he, he said he was... His most creative period was in grade school where he wrote several yeah. screenplays.
0: Yeah, that's where he wrote La Femme Nikita and uh, uh Fifth Element. The, the Fifth Blue. Element and the Professional and yeah. The Big Blue. Like he wrote all of those the, or at least the probably, you know, on the back of a napkin versions of them. Yeah. So this is seven year old
2: Luke Besson going, This isn't good enough, and then forty five year old Luke Besson going, Screw it, what's left in the box? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gotta open
0: the drawer. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting though. Uh, speaking of Luc Besson, because he's been he's been very prolific in in recent years at producing a lot of films. He hasn't directed very many, but he's produced a number of films, including earlier this year, uh, Brick Mansions came out and was very poorly received here in the United States. But it was a remake of a French film called, called Bonlieu Thirteen, which was. Well <laughs> it was called District B thirteen, uh, when it came over here, which was actually a fantastic, really fantastic martial arts film. It was like a it was like the first parkour, like big, big sort of parkour movie. Uh-huh. A lot of the, the two stars of that film were like a couple of the originators of parkour and the real masters of it. What do you mean by it, what like, do you
1: mean by parkour? Like do you explain that? Parkour
0: is like running. It's like a martial art that involves running and it's sort of like free running martial art.
2: It's like when freestyle walking meets the born identity right right
0: right it's so so like it's a lot of uh, uh, jumping off of ledges and then like when you hit the ground you you make sure that you roll so that you maintain your momentum and can keep moving and uh, jumping through small you know uh, openings and stuff like that mm-hmm. the whole opening uh, sequence of Casino Royale, okay. which we just talked about. That whole opening sequence when they're running up the uh, construction, you know,
1: uh, the construction yeah, site. I know, I know exactly site. what you mean, yeah, yeah.
0: That's all parkour. Cool. Like that guy, that guy who's doing that whole sequence is – all of that is parkour. Um, and it's really fascinating and fun to watch. But Luc Besson has been doing a lot of uh, producing of really sort of middling quality – material yeah for years and i think that like dating even back to this which was made in 2004 i think that he was
1: making he was sort of half-assing it for a long time now <laughs> for a long time i don't know what what he's got left um to be honest with you but uh he's made some great movies in the past certainly it's kind of a shame to, to sort of yeah to to think that he may not make another film as good as as uh, la femme nikita or the professional um yeah but uh, you know we got to be optimistic i guess this movie is not making me optimistic
2: that that eight-year-old him had a really good idea that we just haven't seen yet.
0: <laughs> yep. Maybe he just needs to get like a, a traumatic head injury and return to that, that
1: time in his life. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope that happens. <laughs>
0: maybe we're just hypnosis. Maybe we'll get somebody to hypnotize him back to his eight-year-old. So, and that's going to be the plot of the next movie he directs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. Um, yeah, but uh I don't really think that there's a lot else to say about this film.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel the need to sort of stick up for this movie a little bit. I mean, just because oh. it's getting a browbeating over there. Um you got I thought that the uh the absurd driving sequences and the bike sequence at the beginning, while they were they were so ridiculous and laughable at the same time, I thought that they were fast-paced. I thought the whole movie was fast-paced, even though there was a lot of, you know, stupid events and stupid actions by the characters. If you just watch it as a movie, I thought it moves along at a good clip. I thought the editing was, was good. Um, it's not like an incompetent film. It's just I think the the main no, fault is the screenplay.
0: Well, yeah, the screenplay is awful, but I I think that it is very pedestrian direction. Right, it's it's just—it's enough to get by. It's like craftsmen, just like making, you know, I don't know, IKEA furniture. IKEA furniture—that's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Like, you know, like uh, like you take somebody and and like it's just like people pre-assembling IKEA furniture for you before you get it to your house. You know, like I I don't know, it's it's something that is completely devoid of personality or uh, or love. It's just you know you can you can't find anything in this movie that's anybody put into it it just is it just exists yeah
1: yeah i, I, th- I think the go ahead, go, go, ahead. No, go ahead
2: i think the character of um of jimmy you know jimmy fallon's character and andrew, andrew washburn, washburn
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: um, is
2: the, the i think the problem is that the qualities that make him you know when we finally get that driving scene and he's such a little scared kid those are the same he only brought one dimension to the character right so he's also a scared little kid as a cop And it makes him hard to believe that he's anything but completely useless
0: yeah yeah it's true like it's which 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 brings up that that whole idea of him being this great cop like it, it would have been one thing if we had seen him being a great cop who had this great weakness but the way that he plays it it's he's just weak in all areas like he he doesn't have any interpersonal skills He's not really very charming, even. You know, what, I mean, he's you could just—you
2: could have played him like Ewan McGregor in uh, in Black Hawk Down, right? Where he's the guy who always wanted to be the great yeah, cop and yeah. never got the shot, and then turned out to be really good. And you could just throw in that, "I never learned to drive." What about right? I mean, what right, about this? Right. though?
1: what if at near the end of the movie we we learned that he actually was in fact not a cop and had never been one, and he was just he was just an impostor, and that's how he did. He was I'm sorry.
2: To... Did M. Night Shyamalan just tweet <laughs>
1: that in? No, I think that would that would be uh, that would be something unexpected, perhaps.
0: Yeah. Well, it would be unexpected. <laughs> I don't know that it would improve anything. And they're all already dead. <laughs> <laughs> this was all inside the mind of a little autistic boy. <laughs> oh no. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a little, guys. A little say sane- nays elsewhere. So I'm,
1: I I have never lived in New York. I've visited New York many times and yeah. stayed for days at a time. Sometimes at Andrew's apartment. Yep. You know, don't get the wrong idea or anything, but you know, we're just friends. (laughs) Thanks Um, for thanks for putting that in everybody's head. Yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So this New York seemed totally phony to me, like the the intentional sprinkling of different minorities and age groups and ethnic groups around, and the the classic New York anger and irritation that everybody's got. And I was just that that to me was the most shocking thing thinking that Queen Latifah would allow herself to be a part of this kind of a project. Because I feel like yeah, no. she, has more, she has more integrity and more, more love for her, her upbringing than to sort of place herself somewhere where she's surrounded by these horrible stereotypes that serve no purpose.
2: You know, I wonder if maybe just from a technical perspective, I mean, you guys are both, uh, you know, technical movie type guys. Maybe in a movie like this, she went, so what's the role? I drive a cab. So can we shoot this in like two days and then I can just go sit on the beach? That's entirely possible. <laughs> Jimmy possible. Fallon runs around doing a bunch of flips and stuff, and yeah. he, she's just like, let the stunt double do it,
1: but pay me. You mean, that, you mean uh, she didn't the, actually ride that bike in the opening sequence?
2: No, she look, <laughs> she's she's a pro, all right? She rode that bike. We all know she rode the bike. Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That's why we couldn't see her face until she took off her helmet when she was back at the garage. <laughs>
1: You know, she's busy, though. I'm looking at her, her IMDb page. She's been working steadily in the past several years. Yeah. Um, but uh, Well, ever
0: since Chicago, she's on all, all, all I guess this was after Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit of a come down. <laughs> it is a bit. Not, not that I liked Chicago that much. In fact, I kind of hate that movie. But she was one of the best things about it, probably.
1: Maybe she just really wanted to work with Jimmy Fallon. Oops. Or Tim Story. <laughs>
0: Or Tim Story. Tim
1: Story's my Stanley Kubrick. He is.
0: Well, he's something. What he he's directed all kinds of. Yeah, he did the Fantastic Four movies. Some of my favorite movies. Ride Along, Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man Two. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah, not my favorite. Barbershop, the first barbershop, which uh, which wasn't barbershop that bad. That was actually all right. pretty good. Yeah. By the time
2: they get to Barbershop 5, though, you're
0: like, are they on 5? I don't know. But Probably.
2: I, I assume that it's it just beat the hell out of those
0: franchises. Monetize the hell out of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think that concludes our discussion of Taxi, the last movie on Monty's list. Uh, well,
2: thanks for doing it, guys. I really appreciate yeah, you guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, subjecting yourselves to the same things I went to in, uh, in England and warning the uh, listening audience about things like Taxi and Bad Teacher and, uh, and other things they should stay away from.
0: You should have seen uh, Phil's face when I, uh, I suggested that we watch Sex Tape, <laughs> which was by, by the same director oh, as wow. Bad Teacher
1: and with the same stars. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking that I didn't want to do that. Uh, it, it came across my expression. I don't even want to watch the
0: trailer again. No, no, no. It looks awful. So, yeah, thank you so much, Monty. Thanks for being on the show today. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for giving us that list. And we look, as I said, we look forward to uh, having more suggestions from you and maybe have you back on the show at some point. Love to do it. Great. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles produced by Michael Bay. The, what appears to be almost entirely cg reworking of our beloved ninja turtles from our childhood
1: uh i'm a little terrified i have to say i wonder if there's going to be like a, a popular rap star or something in this film you know like vanilla ice was in secret of the ooze
0: i saw something about I I saw a headline in passing on the internet about how Vanilla Ice had something to say about the new theme song for the new Ninja Turtles movie, and I could not be bothered to click on it.
1: I was like, I I don't care about this. I
0: do not care about this at all.
1: All right. Well, we look forward to uh, you guys tuning into that episode, and uh, have a great one. See you next time.